to Radio TFS, episode number 62. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. And this is Greg Duncan. Well, hey, Greg. We've been a little while. We've had a couple of conferences since we last spoke. So uh, I know people quite enjoyed the the live from the TechEd uh, show floor episode that we last did. So uh, I had, had good, some good feedback from that. But sadly, the live from the Build and TechEd show floor was one too many conferences to try and <laughs> finagle into uh, into a live show. So uh, we're doing this post, post-Build post and post-TechEd. So uh, how was I – I was at TechEd Europe. You were at Build. How was, um, how was Build? Build was interesting. Interesting. Um, you know, what freebies did you get? More importantly, that was the <laughs> that's, that's the question that everyone would have been asking you. I dare say. And you know what? I made. I think we talked about it before. Yeah, I had a. I made a uh, wag, a, a wild ass guess as to what we would get, and I had two out of three, which was pretty good. Um, we got yeah. a Surface Pro 128 with a Type keyboard. And you got ty- you got a type keyboard as well. Yeah, we got a type keyboard, and it's nice. Oh, it's man. really nice. I had to pay like my type. Oh, there's like a hundred <laughs> bucks worth of keyboard there. I mean, the type keyboard, the type keyboard revolutionized how I use my Surface, but um, it's a really good thing. But yeah, wow, I'm very jealous. Yeah, and and we got an eight inch Acer Ar- Arconis. Um, How was that? Uh, from the the tech press that were there, don't seem to like their their little eight inch tablet. But how was yours? I, it, you know, it's you use the device for, or you pick the device for what you're going to be doing. You know, so if you are going to a meeting and you want something really quick, you know, an e reader size device, you take that eight inch. You know, even though it's an x86, it's a 32-bit um, device, mm. an Intel device, uh, you know, and you could put Visual Studio on it, you're not going to. It's just that's the wrong device. It is a little underpowered if you're trying to do some Uber things. But if you need an e-reader kind of side device, one a device you can hold in one hand, you know, fairly easily, then you pick up the 8-inch. And, and in that sense, it works great. If you need something with a little bit more power, then you use the Surface Pro. If you need something Uber, then you get the full-on laptop or desktop. But what's nice is they also gave us Windows 8.1, the preview. And that was one of the things with Build versus TechEd North America. TechEd North America, we had all of those. And I'm going to go all into that in a second here. But we're going to um, – and I get all excited too. If I talk really fast, you guys just uh, send us an email and let me know. Uh, it's a podcast. Just press the pause button. <laughs> yeah. Slow it down. Or undo the double fast speed plate. But, yeah, um, exactly. Uh, Tech at North America, they did all the announcements. So that was the exciting thing about, oh, my God, they announced Visual Studio 2013 and TFS 2013 and official Windows 8.1. And they did all the announcements, but they didn't get the bits. At Build, we didn't have a lot of big announcements. There was a lot of we're going, you know, general availability with things and, you know, there was, you know, announcements like that, but nothing like, oh my God, that's awesome. That's that, that, that is, you know, it was no earth shattering kind of things, but we got the bits. So on both of the Pro and the eight inch Acer, um, they gave us a USB stick with eight one on it. So of course that night, along with 6,000 of my closest friends, we were all installed. 8.1 on these two devices um, and Visual Studio 2013 was on that too so I got that on the Surface Pro so you know the build we got the bits kind of rhymes uh, and, and that's why you know, maybe it wasn't as oh my god exciting but we got to play with it and in the end I think I'd be rather playing with the bits than getting the oh wow that's exciting when do we get it you know that, that happened at Tech in North America okay um, and I gotta tell you uh, eight one Windows eight one is nice. 
Windows 8.1. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it is really yeah, – somebody said it. I, I don't know if it was Paul Thurot or, or one of the other guys or Ed uh, Bott, but somebody said 8.1 is like Windows 3.1 was. You know, if you made the move from Windows 3 and you used 3 and I did you know, in a work environment um, and you moved to 3.1, you know, 3.1 was the killer version. Uh, Windows 8.1 is kind of like that. It's that evolutionary – change that when you go back to eight you're all like oh ooh, this is kind of yeah I, you know it's kind of icky uh, i wonder if it's actually the three one one that was the uh, <laughs> windows work groups do you remember yeah. that was exciting we didn't have to use a third party tcip stack or you know oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, windsock was built in it was great yeah for the you know the uh, real mode uh, endis novel drivers and uh, that took yeah. seven yeah. floppies i seem to remember that was a nightmare to install yeah exactly <laughs> anyway sorry no but yeah no it's good i mean there's so many uh just little things that i so i've got my um my main like corp corporate desktop mm-hmm. is um i'm actually still running windows 8 on it because it's the machine like i try and keep on you know it's it's kind of like the, you know the drop dead machine and right. then the uh on a on another on my surface pro i've got the um windows 8 one and yeah, there's so many things already i, I miss i'm like oh man that's not <laughs> no, is that an 8 one thing oh it's just just but it's just like a collection of tiny little things so yeah. uh, you know what I, I equated it to it's a whole bunch of pennies each one of these features is like a penny here and a penny there but in the end they add up to some big bucks and it's just that yeah. the combination of all the little things and, and I tell you now finally with these multiple devices and I've seen this before between the Surface RT and my uh, uh, Alienware I got an Alienware which is my primary 8 machine um is that again like i was saying earlier you take the device sized to what you're going to be doing and the synchronization between all of these actually pretty much works and it's just kind of like magic and you know so you're going to the store you take your small device and you do your stuff on it you go back home and on your big you know kitchen all-in-one pc your windows 8 stuff is just there and it just syncs up and 8.1 makes that story a lot better and you just use the screen for what what you need to use it for Mm. Kind of. and, and all the old apps were just still working as well which is great it yeah. just seemed to just all work fine and uh, i quite like the way they changed the how skydrive works and so now skydrive is actually local it isn't mapped isn't like a mapped file folder anymore it's you know it's kind of like a hybrid between skydrive desktop and and the the, the cloud version which was you know which is how it worked before it's, it's just very interesting yeah. it's, it's, it's good so what about, what about the actual uh, sessions that you saw is there any that you would recommend that people go dig into i mean because obviously there's been lots of like ui tweaks to windows 8.1 but you know did you did you learn about some deep because a lot of stuff's changed under the covers i know that but i don't know exactly what all's changed under the covers and you know as much as i'd like to say that i spent all my time in windows 8.1 sessions um i I was going there for a work purpose darn Ah. stupid work stuff but yeah you know, for you guys out there, the developers out there who are building line of business apps and those kind of things, you know what? Steve Ballmer on the day one keynote actually said desktop. He actually showed the desktop. He actually talked and says, you know what? You know, we understand there is a desktop world. And I think they even said WPF like twice, you know, in the mm-hmm. keynotes. So, and if it build 2020. It was w- WPF, not WTF. Is that right? <laughs> 
Nice. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Bill 2012, they ignored that there was nothing about, there was zero, you know, huh. focus on that. And this one, there's a little bit more on that. So that was, that was nice, a nice move. The other things too is, sorry, I keep going back on the major themes, but, uh, um, Build 2012 was a promise build. We promise you this. We promise our cadence is going to increase. We promise that we're going to release these update, these separated apps like mail and music faster. We promise we're going to do Windows faster. We hear you that you want a faster cadence. Build 2013 um, was the delivery of that promise. It was the fulfillment of that promise. We've seen that now. We've seen that cadence on it. Now, you know, it's up to... Uh, the rest of the divisions to uh, you know uh, follow through for next year. You know if you can do I mean, that. They're not divisions anymore. Yeah, with one Microsoft. Yeah, one Microsoft. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know to follow through with that next year, and if you can keep that cadence up next year and have people you know screaming about you're now going too fast, well then were people screaming that already? I'm interested because uh, some of the tech ed, you know, some of the things we're getting about Visual Studio 2013 was like, oh my god, I haven't, I haven't even learned 2012 yet. Yeah, people are are are, are whining about that a little bit, the, the, at least in the reading that I'm seeing, and you know the. Okay blogosphere is but it? you know you can see the thing with a faster cadence is you can ignore the releases you don't have to upgrade it's your choice whether you make that move if you wait if there's a three-year silence period when there's no releases you don't have the choice the choice is being made for you we're not going to give you the update so you can't you know, make that choice. Whereas now you can kind of make that choice as to whether you're going to upgrade or not if you're running eight, though, from from what I've seen, anyway, there seems to be absolutely no reason why anyone in their right mind wouldn't just take the eight one update as soon as it's. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the Visual Studio updates is ones where you're thinking, you know, upgrade when you're ready. Correct. And TFS and the, and the TFS upgrades mm-hmm. and stuff. Those are the ones that just upgrade them when you're ready. Yeah. No, the Windows eight and the apps. You know, Windows eight store eight one. You don't even get a uh, you know the store apps just install automatically. You don't even get the little tile, the update saying that hey, there's an application to update. You just get the apps. So it's great. Yeah. Um, the so now you're actually last time we spoke, you'd heard all the news about Visual Studio 2013. Now you've actually used Visual Studio 2013. Tell me how, how are you finding things. You know what? I don't know if I should say Uh-oh. this out loud, but I actually I've installed it. And I fired it up, I think, three or four times. And I haven't coded okay. anything in it yet. Um, and the only excuse that I have is, I don't know, I was being a man baby last week and had a cold. Uh, <laughs> those po- those post-conference colds are a killer. <laughs> That's why we didn't have a show last week, was because I was down with a post-conference cold as well. So I'll forgive um, you on that. But there was a... I mean, there were some of the things, because I did go to the sessions. You know, some of the sessions, what's mm-hmm. new in the Visual Studio 2013 IDE with uh, Kathy Sullivan. Um, and as a matter of fact, you know, you can all, we're not going to tiny URL all these, and the links will all be on the site. But, you know, you, all of you listening, please go to channel9.msdn.com, events, build 2013, events, tech ed. You know, there, there's all of the sessions are recorded and available and online, and they're all free. Uh, you can build your own build and. 10 minutes, maybe. You click through, you add them to your queue, and, and, and you can watch them. So anyway, uh, Kathy Sullivan had a What's New in Visual Studio 2013, and that was a really good session. You know, all these sessions are an hour long, so it's just enough to show you what you don't know, so you can go back and look at it uh, deeper later. And there were just some of the nice things, you know, the 
evolutionary over 20, uh, 2012, 2013, when you first fire it up, uh, you have that new synchronization feature. And the way they're talking about that, that kind of makes a lot of sense. You know, nobody customizes their IDE all that much because the second time you go to that second machine, it's like, oh, crud, I have to export the settings and import them or I have to do them over again. So, you know, I always limited my customization, you know, key mappings and all that stuff. The synchronization feature, that looks awesome. And, and that looks something that's really going to be used. The way they exposed the themes, you know, when you first fire up Visual Studio, today it asks you what keyboard mapping do you want to use and what kind of, you know, do you want to use general build, C-sharp, whatever. Now you get below that, what theme do you want to use? And blue is the default, which I disagree with, actually. <laughs> I mean, anyone, who, anyone who wants a blue template is hanging on to the past. Go for the light template, in my opinion, but there we go. I, I, I know I disagree. With, I know like, everybody in the world disagrees with me on that one, but yeah. Well, I, too, I, I don't see how the people use the dark theme. It just doesn't work with my eyes. I, I don't know. It's... People, people, yeah. I know people who uh, it's like basically around about three o'clock in the afternoon is when they flip from the white theme to the dark theme, and then they do the night coding in the dark theme. So, um, so that was. A I'm obviously not a proper programmer. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, uh, go ahead. I wanted to ask what you thought about the um, the changes to the ASP.NET stuff because we didn't really talk about that too much at Tegad North America. But the way that is, yeah, did you see any of those sessions? I, I saw the day two keynote when Scott uh, went to it, and I saw part of the Scott Hanselman uh, "What's New in ASP.NET" in 2013. Uh, okay. I, I think that is actually awesome. You know, if you guys right. have ever listened to Hanselman, it's um, you know that his vision going in there like six years ago was one ASP, just like there's one Microsoft now, there's one ASP. Instead of going into ASP today, you have to make that decision, that kind of scary decision up front. Am I doing an MVC? Am I doing web forms? Am I doing, you know, what kind of application are you doing? Now, in 2013, there's one template. And a wizard will help you enable and set up the features that you're interested in doing, and you're not tied to that. You can go back and change that essentially later and add the capabilities. Oh, I need to add the web API. You can do that later. But it's just, you know, there's one ASP.NET. If you're doing MVC, if you're doing web forms, if you're doing web API, if you're doing all these other uh, 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 interesting things with it, there's just the one starting place. So I thought that was pretty nifty. Um, cool. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad it was. And, yeah, some of the stuff around, uh, the Windows Azure websites. How about that? Did you see any of those or the XAML stuff as well? You know, if if there was, there's a couple themes to this build. This was a Win8 theme build. You know, every build seems to have a theme. You know, this was the .NET build. This was the Kai or the the Longhorn PDC or whatever. This one had a couple of them. One was this was obviously Win8 um, and VS 2013. Another one was a cloud build. This was a seriously, I don't want to call it a coming out party, but a lot of things were uh, announced for general availability, uh, like the uh, Windows Azure uh, mobile services, the websites, the things. And it was just in the, the, how that's baked into 2013, Visual Studio 2013, you know, right mouse click, and it was just Azure stuff there. They're making it almost kind of scary easy to incorporate and utilize Azure as just a back-end service. It's just a service. It's hooked right into there. Um, 
so it's pretty compelling as well, isn't it? Now you know it's looking really good. It really yeah. is, and especially like the auto scaling. That was like one of the coolest things. Uh, uh, Scott Guthrie showed that off on day two, and that you know we've been talking about the cloud is elasticity, and it's like it, you know it's not just a series of VMs, but it's it, make it elastic, which means you know it can scale up and down as needed. Before this release, which is in preview right now. Um, you had to make the decision or you had to go buy a, get a third party product or project to do this stuff. Um, but you had to know you are doing a release. I better add some machines. Oh, you had to know, well, we've just done that release. Now I need to scale some machines back with the auto scaling. That's now part of windows Azure. Uh, you can just set up a series of rules and Azure will scale up and out and down for you. So you don't really have to worry about that. And Microsoft is making such a bet on it. They're putting Skype on Azure. So that's, uh, Xbox, you know, there's lots of Xbox backend stuff out the there. Xbox well. stuff. And you know what, what I really think is... TFS cool. is up there. That's more important. <laughs> <laughs> in there for a while. One of the other, the, the, the niftier things that I'm seeing now, because, you know, we talked about, I think the, uh, the websites was just announced, you know, last build 2012, um, is that how these new features and capabilities are based off of existing Azure stuff. You know, the websites uses the Azure store for the sites. It's just, it's, it's getting synergistic where it's just, you know, since, since some things are there, now they can add more things that build on those things and then you just start going faster and faster. Um, so that was kind of, you know, and, and seeing how that was worked and what excited me more than anything else, I think, is the, the Azure pack, the promise of bringing Azure into your data center. A lot of you guys out there know that, you know, you look at your business and say, we should use Azure. And they say, oh, my God, we're not putting our stuff out in the cloud. Like, okay, yeah, my HR is out there and, you know, uh, you know <laughs> payroll is out there and all that stuff is out there. But, yeah, you're right. We can't put the data out there. But in any case, um, the Azure pack essentially working with uh, System Center brings some, not 100%, but a lot of the capabilities of Azure into your data center. You know, so you can create the whole, if you like the Azure uh, websites and you want to give to your business units the ability for them to spin up websites, but not have to, you know, avoid IT and then go outside with this, the Azure pack, you can build it and bring it into the data center. So it's an improved, it's a safe, it's a controlled area. And you still get all the billing and performance utilization. So if you do a chargeback, you've always been afraid of doing some sort of self-service stuff because you have to, you know, charge it back or you have to justify the cost on it. Uh, that stuff is built into the Azure pack. So it's like it, that was just exciting just to see Microsoft doing that, taking those lessons from Azure and bringing it inside the, the data center. Now, Microsoft has announced that um, they are building cloud first, you know, the the mm-hmm. server stuff, the services, that's all basically going cloud first, but they're not saying cloud only, which I definitely know. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, and lastly, yeah. before we go on too long on, on this stuff, there was a couple other ones, which was nice. You remember that, I was whining about oddball ones and things like that? Or? <laughs> well, one of the another penny, you know, the, the XAML editor in Visual Studio 2013 is getting, uh, oh my God, those, these things are nice to have features baked mm-hmm. into that. And it's the XAML editor. It's not the WPF editor. It's not the, you know, phone editor. It's not the uh, a Windows Store editor. It's the XAML editor. And, um, you know, you know when you, you, you bracket text box, close bracket, the XAML editor gives you bracket slash 
text box and slash. In many cases like me, I hate that closing thing. So I, you know, put a space after the text box, put a closing slash, and I delete that end tag. The editor knows that that end tag is there. Even in today, it'll give you a real little red squiggly and say, you know, this isn't parsing right and here's why. Um, the Visual Studio, the XAML editor in Visual Studio 2013 will remove that closing tag for you. You know, it's that, it takes that extra step from knowledge to action. Um, <laughs> and I think one of the things that got one of the biggest applauses, uh, A, the options dialogue is resizable in Visual Studio 2013, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of funny. I was having a conversation with one of my coworkers today. She was whining about an app done by somebody else whose dialogue box didn't resize. I once used a version control tool where the columns didn't resize. You had to uh, type how many pixels wide you wanted the columns. It was brilliant. Anyway, <laughs> this is why I like TFS because I mean you can resize columns with a mouse. Um, what was the oh, data binding. Oh, my God. They're putting huh? IntelliSense. You know, when you're doing in the XAML editor and you go, you know, content equals bracket binding space, you get IntelliSense for the objects that the editor can find. You know, wow. so, so you know your binding is no longer copy and paste, or did I remember to name it right, or anything like that. IntelliSense is there in the XAML editor now too. So like, oh, that's awesome. Cool. Um, hey, well, we're, we're, we're probably uh, we're we're at the midpoint of a show already, so we'll we'll t- we'll do some TFS news after the break. Shall I do the break this time? Yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. So uh, let's see if I can do it as well as you can. I see. So uh, episode 62 of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com. That's www.sasmadeeasy.com. Or email sales at sasmadeeasy.com. Now back to the show. There we go. How was that, eh? That was That's good. not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. you well, so we should probably... Podcasting. Do you reckon? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this podcasting stuff's going to catch on, you know. So um, we have... Um, there was a bit of TFS news while we've been away. So um, obviously you've now got... You can get hold of the TFS uh, 2013 bits, install them on-premise. Um, if you want, you can just point at the cloud. So you can download the Visual Studio 2013 bits uh, and fire them up and then point them at the very latest version of TFS, which is obviously the one that's running up in the cloud. And we, we've done a few updates since we last spoke. Um, we just did one, actually, that rolled out uh, last night as we were recording the show and this morning. So there's been a lot of uh, improvements to the um, around the Agile portfolio management, Agile project management features. And they've been, they've you know rolled out a few different iterations of those over the time. So so you can go in and and have a look and plan out your backlog and you know pl- put things into features and move things around and paste images into work items finally and uh, if you're using the appropriate versions of the internet you know browsers and oh um, on the day of build I was I so we did build and then the next morning I was doing my ALM in the cloud de- uh, session for uh, TechEd Europe and I was doing that and I, I fired up the um, the build system and I got a little pop-ups as I was in this area saying, you know, Windows 8.1 build controllers are now available. Would you like to add one? I was like, yes, I will. <laughs> that was quite good. It was, uh, yeah, we switched them on on the day and, oh, the whole um, the test runner stuff now is a lot better, you know, creating test plans and uh, running test plans and if you're running the latest updates of Visual Studio, you can, you can trigger um, running a test plan that you've, you know, you're in the web, you can actually go trigger it over in MTM as well. So that's cool. So there's been a bunch of updates there. Um, 
and we also updated um it didn't get a lot of press you know during uh build because obviously builds was you know like you say the windows 8.1 azure show kind of thing but we updated team explorer everywhere as well which uh you, you showed me info you had picked up so that's pretty cool <laughs> so and then probably the the the, the highlight we added three bsd support how about that that's that's like people worry about our our, our commitment to cross-platform and you know one of our highlight features is adding free bsd support i really hope that makes people have a little seg fault and things like that from time to time and we did some other important fixes actually we so we did we try not to with the team explorer everywhere stuff um wanted everybody to be using the latest version and we had like a decision you know do we call this because uh, it's not you know it's just like my team working on it is do we do we call this update three of visual studio you know of the 2012 band or do we call it you know a preview of the dev 12 band because it's 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 somewhere in between um you know visual studio 2012 and visual studio 2013 equivalent uh, so it was, what do we call it? So we decided to to make it uh, update three and make it RTM quality, not make it a preview build. So there's a couple of features which are are done, which are coming out in Team Explorer Everywhere 2013, which you know we hadn't dog fooded enough, we hadn't baked through enough, so we they were kind of preview quality, so we didn't include in those in in this build. There's things like uh, Simlink support, probably the major one, which again people here probably don't care about, but yeah, so that's coming. And um, a little top trick for you, and I know Greg monitors the um, the the download site quite closely. If you ever want to know when there's going to be a Team Explorer Everywhere update, keep an eye on when the SDK update, because I always make sure we update the software development kit for Java before we update things that depend on it. So we'll we'll update this uh, the TFS SDK for Java. And then, like a few days later, you'll either get a Team Explorer Everywhere update or come out that uses that SDK. Um, I make sure we never ship a version of anything until the SDK that it's built on is already public, if you know what I mean. So you'll either get an update of Team Explorer everywhere after the SDK for Java's gone out, or you'll get um, Git TF, the uh, you know the open source tool for moving code between TF, VC, and Git. Sometimes, um, if we need a a new feature in the SDK to enable something in in Git TF, then we'll um, we'll just rev the SDK and then and then we go public, you know. Because the T- Git TF depends on the SDK, so then we'll go rev that as well. So there's a little secret for you. But uh, we've we, we, we've done a few announcements as well, Greg. Anything that that caught your eye? Well, that was you, you reminded me. Uh, one of the things that we hadn't uh, isn't in the show notes, but at Build they also announced the RTM of Visual Studio 2012 Update Three. So that's available now. And oh, you guys, yes, of course. Sorry, you can definitely get that. Um, you can get that right from Visual Studio if you want. You know, just go and and uh, use the cool built-in updates and um, the extensions and updates feature in the tools menu. So have you had your toast note? Have you had the little, little pop-up notification yet? Or, is, or do you have to – because that, that comes a bit later. You can go get them initially, and then we send a notification down like a week or two after it's been available. Hold yeah, I, it just it started, I just started seeing it like la- early this week or maybe last okay. week when, when, it, when it did the update. So. It was kind it's, of, it's a rolling thing as well. That everybody doesn't get the notification at once. It kind of rolls out across people to, to kind of so that we if something goes horribly wrong, then we'll get like telemetry <laughs> from the first few people that got the notification, rather than uh, trashing everybody's machine at the same day. So, ah, well, um, what was the other things? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, y- you guys out there, you guys want to start playing with uh, Visual Studio 2013. You know, but you don't want to necessarily put it on your box. You're afraid of previews um, that will work side by side with 2012. We've talked about that before. Um, it does, by the way. But anyway, carry on. But 
if you guys are MSDN subscribers, one of the other things they announced here uh. at Build was that um, they've simplified the Azure component of your MSDN subscription. You basically get an allowance. Depending on what level you subscribe to, you get a number of dollars that you can spend on Azure. Uh, you, and you don't even need a credit card. So if you've got an MSDN subscription, you can go to sign up for Azure. Um, you don't have to put in a credit card. And what happens is, is if you run out of money, quote unquote, for the month, your services will just stop. And then at the beginning of the next month, they'll resume again. Um, so why is that important? Well, there are um, virtual machines available on Azure right now that you can utilize that has um, WinServer 2012 R2 and Visual Studio 2013 already on them. So in five minutes or less, you can be running Visual Studio 2013 out in the cloud, out in uh, the world there. And if you're using um, the Team Foundation service, you can hook that to that and you know just be in a world of shiny newness. Is that a word? And but I worked out as well because I'm running – I have my MSDN subscription um, and still – and um, I was running out some stuff, and I, I worked out like you could have like um, uh, I think it was like something crazy, like six extra small VMs. You could have like those running twenty four seven, all covered by your MSDN allowance or something like that. It was it was crazy. You can definitely, I've definitely got a couple of extra small VMs running, and and that I've not been billed yet. And uh, I think you can even run a small one. How many, that's nine cents an hour. I should I'll, I'll work that out while we're talking. About how many small, no, 60, yeah, around about $67 a month. So, yeah, that's well under the amount you would need to have it running. So, yeah, you can have these VMs just sitting up there and use them to play a bit. So, I would highly recommend doing that. Yep, yep. And if you want to look at, you know, SQL Server 2014, if you want to look at the new BizTalk stuff, SharePoint, you know, the VMs are, are, are out there. And um, I, I'm not sure if we talked about it before. One of the changes they've made is that, you know, when you stop your VM, you no longer get billed for that processing yeah, time. Huge. Yeah. And then obviously the um we did a as part of all this to enable this we kind of changed some of the licensing stuff so to actually enable you to use um your things for dev and test out in the cloud. Um and that's why it's there. But speaking of licensing changes, um one of the things that we've done which is hugely important um is in in Team Foundation Server 2013. Um currently, you know you have um like all the all the agile planning stuff you don't see that if you've got just a regular team foundation server cow you have to have ultimate or premium today right which confuses the heck out of you know <laughs> uh, eclipse people you know how do i get that anyway so the great news is uh, if you go over to ed blankenship's blog um it, it explains how uh, we're actually including the agile planning features that are now in the main tfs cow in tfs 2013 so that's fantastic news nice nice so it wouldn't be a Radio TFS without some Rangers talk, Greg. Come on, we must have some Rangers talk. <laughs> what? Because we're getting close to wrapping up time, so uh, yes, we, we need a bit of Rangers before we finish. Yeah, well, this one's a kind of a double duty. Because, you know, I, okay. everybody out there, you guys all know that I do a lot of stuff for Channel 9, you know, the Coding for Fun blog, and This Week on Channel 9, and that kind of stuff. Well, um, one of our... Uh, uh, kind of favorite people, Robert McLean, has a, uh, what is this, an hour and 49-minute talk about what's exciting on .NET 4.5 and Visual Studio 2012. And you're now you're looking at me as like, Greg, that's like old now. If you look around, you know, I'm sure it's not you guys, not, not, not your team, but there are still a lot of people out there running 2010. There are still the people who haven't made that jump. And if you're one of those or if you have a friend who is one of those people and you kind of want to know, you want to sell it. You, you want to, you know, say, 
here's why we really need to upgrade and here's some of the cool features and stuff that we're doing. You need to go to Robert's talk and he'll give you some of that good ammunition to uh, get you to do that upgrade. Great. Another one is the ALM Rangers put together some just pretty much awesome resources. And we've talked about their treasure map before, which is a, a map to all their resources. One of the more, more uh, less shiny, less exciting things is, is reporting. You, know, you have to do it in any big organization. Whenever, if you're bringing in TFS for the first time, you'll get some, you know, uh, I want to call them pointy hair boss, but you know some individuals ask, well, what kind of reports can we get out of it? And there's a lot that come in the box. Don't get me wrong, but they're in the box. You know, so they don't, they are generic and they meant for a broad audience. You need for your organization some custom reporting. The ALM Rangers have that for you. The TFS Reporting Guide project out on uh, CodePlex has uh, a number of um, PDFs and resources that talks about both the data warehouse and the tab- tabular store model for TFS and the guides on how you can um, tweak these, a practical guidance and a reference solution to enable you guys to create your own reports from work item data um, to the warehouse stuff. Um, you know, and there are a number of, uh, uh, let me see, uh, you know, practical guidance on doing that. Yeah. So um, that's the good stuff from there and it's available and it's free and it's by the Rangers. They kind of know the, the the team behind this is one, two, three, four, lots of people in this list of people who were involved in it, including Willie Peter. So um, if, you, if that kind of rings a bell, if that's something that you've wondered about, you want to know about, head on over there. The link will be in the show notes and um, get your reporting on. Great. Well, hey, Greg, we're about uh, ready to uh, wrap up the show now. One thing I was going to mention, um, now that the bits are out there for people to play with, I think it would be cool to have – we haven't had an, um, some interview shows for us. I think it would be cool to you know, have a few interview shows with the people who are behind some of these features and, and get them to do a deep dive onto them. Does that sound cool with you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so uh, I was talking to Peter Provost, and he was talking about like, – there's uh, the code lens stuff for code information indicators, the heads-up display features you might have seen. So I was thinking about getting him to speak about that. And also um, – uh, one of the MVPs, a guy called Ben Day, he was telling me he's been doing a lot of work recently upgrading um, some teams from uh, the Conchango Scrum template in, in, uh, to the, the, the Scrum out-of-the-box template that's in Visual Studio 2012. So uh, I thought he might be an interesting guy to chat with. Yeah, I like Ben. I, I, you know, one of the, he's one of the blogs that I follow. So, I, I, oh, well, there we go. We'll get we'll get them both on. Great. Well, we'll line those up hopefully, and we'll try and get some interview shows out. So that'd be cool. Well, so uh, if you've got any people you would like us to interview or, or or topics you'd like to talk to the people behind, then um, do give us uh, drop us an email radiotfs at outlook dot com, or you can leave us a voicemail, which is four two five two three three eight three seven nine. But uh, yeah, it's been a great show. I'm uh, I'm I'm enthusiastic with all the stuff you were enthusiastic about at Bill now, Greg. It's fantastic. <laughs> so we'll get one of these interview shows out right soon away. So uh, thank you very much for your time. We'll speak to you next time on Radio TFS. Mm-hmm.